Well, all right. If you have your Bibles, I'm going to ask you to turn to a few places. Uh, we'll go Luke chapter 8 to begin with. Uh, we'll spend a little bit of time in John chapter 3. Uh, we'll talk about Psalm 119, but you don't have to turn there. I'll just read it to you. And then we're going to finish in James uh, chapter 1. Uh, so Luke 8, John 3, James 1. Uh, we are, uh, last week I should say, we, we opened up a uh, uh, chapter 8 together, and, and we did so really with a few thoughts. Uh, we wanted to remember really all that we walked through in five weeks of chapter 7 uh, as as we uh, hopefully and prayerfully walked away with a more complete view of, of who Jesus is. Uh, that, that he's more than just a teacher. He's, he's more than just a miracle worker. He's more than just a healer. That all of those things play into a, a much bigger picture of, of who he is in that he is the Messiah. He is the chosen one sent by God to be our avenue for the forgiveness of our, of our sins. Now we don't, we don't make that light because that's our greatest need. Now you may want to come to Jesus at some point asking him to perform a miracle. You may want to ask him, uh, to, uh, to bring some healing. You may want to walk through and, and say, hey, how, what do I do with this situation in my life? But, but, Beyond all of that, what we need most in right, in life is to be made right with God. And God says that's through Jesus. And so it's, it's important as we walk through the Bible that that would be our, our desire. That would be our, our stretch. That he is the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And then, so we want to remember that from chapter 7. And then as we walk into chapter 8, uh, what we said is that there's a shift of focus. Uh, in that we're going to pay attention to the Word of God. Uh, how we hear the Word of God, how we walk in the Word of God, how we apply that Word. In fact, we, we've, we've said, okay, there, there's going to be two lanes, and we're going to see this really brought to the surface today, that in those two lanes, we're talking chiefly being Jesus. That, that John opens his Gospel saying, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was uh, with God, and the Word was God in the beginning. So we're talking about Jesus being the Word of God, and then we're also kind of piggybacking on that, or I guess building underneath that, uh, the full counsel of the Word of God. So so when when we have a relationship with the Bible, we do so because this is God pouring out His heart for us. And it's God showing us what it looks like uh, to, to not only be right with him, but to please him. And so, so that's the focus here. And, and now what we've said is, as we walk through this chapter, that, that we're going to see a couple of parables, right? Uh, in fact, we're going we're gonna to see parables. And as we walk through them, we, we understand that this is talking about the nature of God's word. And then uh, and starting next week, we'll see uh, three miracles uh, and we'll take our time through them, but we'll see we'll see three miracles, and the miracles will teach us how to respond to God's word. Now, now this morning is really an extended scene. Jesus is going to bring us a second parable, but it's an ex- ex- extended, uh, and so so this is important for us to get that how we hear Jesus's words will have a great effect in what we believe about Jesus in our hearts, specifically about who He 
is. And, and so we keep this in mind because uh, as Jesus taught our parable last week in the parable of the sower, he got to chapter 8 and he just says, okay, as I teach this parable, let him who has ears to hear, hear these things. And so how we hear, and, and, and prayerfully what we're doing as we walk through a parable is we're discerning between the difference of hearing to hear and hearing to know. Right? Because we can hear things that just kind of go through the go in the ear, through the mind, and then out the other ear. Right? We can do that. Typically, in my life, that's when I'm being asked to do something I don't want to do. Right? I hear you, but I don't want to respond to that. Uh, what we're talking about when we listen to Jesus speak is, is we want to hear so that we can know how to apply and how to live as a response to what is being said. And so, so there's this companion verse that I told you about last week, Romans chapter 10, verse 17, uh, where, where Paul is talking about how we are made right with Jesus. And, and he says this, he says, faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. So, so as we, if we are indeed, if we are found in Christ, our faith develops as we hear, and then as we hear the word of Christ, it takes root in our lives. That's, that's where, really where we've been. So, so what we hear today should help shape what we know. All right, so let's set the scene, because this isn't a new one, right? Um, where uh, this is a continued episode. So if we're watching TV, for us it's been a week, right? Uh, but for these people, the rhythm of this conversation is given immediately right after the first parable. And so, so as, as if we're watching it on the screen, uh, it says um, previously on, right? Uh, and now today, we're just walking right back into uh, that, that scene. So it hasn't been quiet. And so, so let's remember a parable uh, is a story that's told to teach a truth or to communicate a moral lesson and and verse 15 ends with Jesus saying that that those who have good soil right whose heart is good soil are those who hear the word who hold fast in an honest and good heart and bear fruit with repentance uh and so so that's where we we go in in chapter or chapter 8 verse 16 Jesus immediately says this, okay? And this is important. He immediately says this. There's no conversation between the two. It's like he ends verse 15 and, and says, um, Hold it fast in an honest and a good heart and bear fruit with patience. And then there's silence. And then Jesus says these words. He says, No one, after lighting a lamp, covers it with a jar or puts it under a bed. But he puts it on a stand so that those who enter may see the light. Okay? Verse 17. For nothing is hidden that will not be made manifest, nor is anything secret that will not be known and come to light. Take care then how you, what? Hear. Take take care then how you hear for the one who has more will be given, and from the one who has not, even what he thinks that he has will be taken away. Even what he thinks he has will be taken away. 
All right, so this parable, there, there are kind of two lanes that we can kind of run with. Uh, and, and neither lane compete. In fact, uh, compete against the other. They don't conflict with another. In fact, I think they're intended to give us two lanes because one is built on the other. And, and so Jesus comes in and he gives, really, even to us, a ridiculous scenario. Right? He says, he says no one lights a lamp and then he, then he immediately tries to cover that up. Right? Or else why would you light a lamp? He says, he says nobody does that. And, and, and so, so you light the lamp so that you aren't in darkness. And then you light the lamp so that others can see. Right? I mean, we, we live in the day and age that, that when our electricity hiccups, we really don't know what to do with our lives. Right? You immediately fall to the ground. You start crawling because you're like, I'm going to die if I walk through my own house. Right? But you grab a flashlight and all of a sudden you can see. And Jesus says, nobody lights that. Nobody sitting in darkness that wants to see the light uh, does that and then say, you know, I don't like this. I'm going to put this underneath a bowl. I'm going to put this underneath the bed. You, you light so that you aren't in the darkness and so others can see. And the main point that Jesus is making here, because remember, what are we talking about? We're talking about the Word of God. This is what he said last week. The seed is the word of God. And so how we respond to this, and the main point that Jesus makes is that, specifically in verse uh, 17, is that the word reveals everything. Everything. Now, now we, some days, some days, I celebrate that the word reveals everything. And then there's other days that I fear that the word exposes everything. Right? Because there are things I would like God to know about me, and then there are things I would like God to not pay attention to about me. And the gift, guys, this is, it's such a gift. Jesus says that the Word reveals everything. In fact, John will tell us uh, in 1 John 1, 5 that, that God is light, and in Him there is no darkness at all. And so, so he sends his word and it exposes and it reveals what is in the darkness. And this is a gift. I haven't always seen it as a gift. But this is a gift. Especially when you understand the heart of the Father. That he's for you. That he sent his son to rescue and to redeem you and to offer you a path to freedom. Now, if we want to read, if we want to try to create this, this, this idea about a God who is just waiting uh, to, for you to disappoint him so he can pounce on you, then, then when I say the word of God reveals everything, you're like, I don't want that. But when you read the, the entirety of the Bible, okay? In fact, just do that this afternoon. All right, Cowboy game, they'll beat the Falcons, it'll be fine, right? Hopefully. When you read the full counsel of the word, what you see is a heart that's being laid out. You get to see a father, and I, I don't, I didn't really notice this until I became a father, that, that my desire is for my kids really to be happy. And I want them to be safe. And then it breaks my heart in these moments when, when I know they're not living according to all that is available to them. This is what we find when we walk through the Word that 
that the word reveals everything. And, and what Jesus says, and I think it's so honest of him, is he says, I haven't come here to operate in secret. He says, says I am the light of the world. I, I am the light. He says, I haven't, I haven't come to operate in secret. I am the light and I'm here to reveal what's in the darkness of your hearts, to reveal and to expose so that you can live in the light. That's the role. I've come to expose that. So this is kind of our, our first lane in understanding how to take this parable. It's to understand the purpose for which Jesus has come. Right? And so for that, one of the, one of the best places we can go is this chapter in the book of John, chapter 3. Okay? Now, I love, did you know, did you know, this is a fun fact, um, that John chapter 3 has 36 verses and not one? Now, we typically think of that this, this chapter is just one verse, and it's the one we, we take to football games, it's the one that we, we kind of, when we're trying to brag that we know the Bible, right? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Now, now a good indication that there's more than one verse is that that's John 3.16, uh, so that there's 15 before that. That's the way math works. I know you're an English teacher, Jason, but that's the way math works, all right? And much of the time, much of the time, when we talk about John 3.16, we believe that this is the climax of a conversation, that we've achieved the hill, okay? In fact, the, the whole scene uh, starts in verse 1 with a Pharisee named Nicodemus, and he comes to Jesus, and they begin to have this conversation. In fact, Nicodemus tries to warm up and kind of butter up Jesus, and Jesus just cuts straight to the fact. And he says, no one can be born again unless they come through me. And then we build to John 3.16 as, as Jesus is, is patiently walking with Nicodemus. And a lot of people, again, they think 3.16 is the climax of the chapter. And I think it's just the springboard into something more beautiful. He says this. As I can find John chapter 3. Here we go. It's on this back page. It says, for God so loved the world, right, that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. We get that, right? We've heard that. Uh, even if you're not very much churched, you, you kind of know as a reference to that verse, right? And so, so, but pay attention to what happens next. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Okay, now, now pay attention because we're, we're going to link this to Luke chapter 8. That he may be saved through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned. But whoever does not believe is condemned already. Right? So we are born in sin with a sinful nature. That sin condemns us because he's not believed. So, so whoever does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. And this is the judgment, okay? The light has come into the world. Okay, that light being Jesus. And people love the darkness rather than the light because their works were evil. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light, does not come to the light, lest his works should be exposed. But whoever does what is true comes to the light 
so that it may be clearly seen that his works have been carried out in God. So, so the purpose for which Jesus comes isn't for condemnation, but for, for liberation. It's to bring us to a place of, of joy and bring us to a place where we live in the light. And so he doesn't make any apologies about that. And this is why it's so important when Jesus comes in to, to Luke. Uh, he, Jesus comes as the light so we can see. And so when we get to Luke chapter eight seventeen, he says it all comes out in the light of God's word. This is a merciful act, which is why it's important in verse 18 when he says, take care how you hear. Take care how you hear so you don't mistake my purpose in coming. It's about freedom. It's about freedom. And oh, guys, if, if only the church of God would live in the freedom that God makes available. If only we would. So our big main point is that, is that the more, and this is what I believe this parable is saying, that the more you live in the light, the more you benefit from the light. And the, more, the less you live in the light, the more light you lose. You with? Hear me when I say that. The more you live in the light, the more you benefit from the light. And the less you live in the light, the more light you lose. So that's this first lane, being Jesus. Now the second lane, and I think this is an underlying explanation, is that our relationship with the Word of God must be ongoing. Right? Our relationship with Jesus must be ongoing. Right? You don't just, you don't just meet him one day and then be able to say, ah, yeah, yeah, I remember meeting that guy once. That relationship and that affection is ongoing. And then specifically, as we talk about this, the second lane, the, our relationship with the Word of God must be ongoing and the words must be put into practice. And we're going to see that at the end after this kind of confusing scene. And so, so, so here's, here's the thing. You can't hear the Word at one time and then live on it for the rest of your life. You can't. You got to keep replenishing the storehouse. You got to keep stocking the shelves, and and so so it's kind of like um, if if you were married or have, if you've been married, um, it would be similar to your your spouse saying, "Hey, you don't say you love me anymore," and you respond by saying, "Well, I did at our wedding. What more do you want?" Right. So you kindle that flame. And you spend time, and somebody's like, oh, I guess I should say I love you to my spouse again, right? One time in 15 years, not enough, bro. So you rekindle, and you keep pouring in. And, and so, so when verse 18 says, take care how you hear, for the one who has, more will be given. And from the one who has not, even what he thinks he has will be taken away. And I think what this means is that, that if we attempt to live, as we talk about the Word of God, if we attempt to live on yesterday's quiet time or last week's sermon for this week, then you'll find this diminishing remembrance of God's Word. In fact, with, with, with our little, we end up with less because Christians leak. We leak. I had a coach who used to tell us all the time, I've forgotten more about basketball than you'll ever know, right? And it's easy to forget about it when you don't continually pour into 
the right kind of a source. So, so the more we receive God's word, the, the more of it we get. That's the promise of God. The more we receive it, the more we get. The more we develop an appetite for the scriptures, the more we hunger for it. And the more we give ourselves, the more we receive. But the more we withhold, the more is taken away. I mean, isn't that just the perfect uh, description of how we sometimes find ourselves spiritually dry? Like, like maybe, maybe you've done this. Uh, it, we're coming up into January, and that's when people really decide to start reading their Bible again. Because they're like, you know, why start today when I could set that as a New Year's resolution? Let that work for about a week and a half, you know. Because life change, significant life change, should wait for a more convenient time. Um, that I'm sorry, I say that in love. Read your Bibles, people. It'll help you. But isn't that how we find ourselves spiritually dry? Like, like we spend time in the Word and then all of a sudden we wake up one day and we're, we're late or we're running behind or we're distracted and, and we make it through that day living on the fumes of yesterday. And then, and then the very next day you, you wake up and you're like, well, it kind of worked out for me well yesterday. I like the fact that I got my cup of coffee before the line formed. So maybe, maybe I'll... Maybe I'll go and just do what I did yesterday. And, and then before you know it, a, week, a, a day turns into a week, and a week turns into a season. And then something happens. Life, life gets hard, and you find yourself just empty. Just empty, and you don't realize or, or you refuse to realize that, that you're empty because you've been running on fumes even though the gas station is available to you 24 hours a day. Then comes the temptation to seek refuge elsewhere because whatever is elsewhere seems easier and, and, and it's places where gas seems to be sold cheaper. So we, we go looking for entertainment and relationship and escapism, all of which talk this big game but can deliver only a fraction of what is promised and it will never sustain you. And then you find yourself and you feel, if you are in Christ, in this season, you find yourself in a desert place and you look around and you're like, I can't find water. Because you haven't been by the water. So, so I'd encourage you, I'd encourage you, and man, it, again, if, if we would, to understand the freedom that we have in Christ, we have to, have to understand the intention of the word. I'd encourage you this week to spend some time in, in Psalm 119. It is not a psalm for the faint of heart. Uh, it is a nice, long one. Uh, longest book and longest chapter in the Bible. But it specifically talks about our relationship with the Word. I'll, I'll read you just a couple of excerpts from it. Verse 9 asks this question, How can a man keep his way pure? says by guarding it according to your word with my whole heart i seek you let me not wonder from your commandments i have stored up your word in my heart that i might not sin against you verse 33 teach me O lord the way of your statutes and i will keep it to the end give me understanding that i may keep your law and observe it with my whole heart 
Lead me in the path of your commandment, for I delight in it. Verse 89, forever, O Lord, your word is firmly fixed in the heavens. Your faithfulness endures to all generations. You have established the earth, and it stands fast. And then perhaps my favorite of the whole chapter, verse 105, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. I have sworn an oath and confirmed it to keep your righteous rules. I am severely afflicted. Give me life, O Lord, according to your word. Accept my free will offerings of praise, O Lord, and teach me your rules. I hold my life in my hand continually, but I do not forget your law. The wicked have laid a snare for me, but I do not stray from your precepts. Your testimonies are my heritage forever, for they are my joy. They are the joy of my heart. I incline my heart to perform your statutes forever to the end. What a relationship we have gifted to us by the word of God. Because it brings everything to light. Everything. Those things that are lurking in the darkness are exposed. Those traps that you can't see are revealed. So when we step, we can step in confidence. Because we know that path has been laid out before us by God. So, So the word is, is not gifted to us with the intentions to hide that word under the covers or, or under the bowl. That the intention is to shine its light to reveal the path of freedom in Jesus. We can't eat McNuggets from the word of God and then expect to live healthy and filled. You can't, right? They're gross. They're not even nuggets anymore. So the more, the more you live in the light, the more you benefit from the light. The less you live in the light, the more light you lose. So Jesus comes to be the light so we can see. And our relationship with the Word, with the word of God fills us up. So let's, let's get very quickly to Luke chapter 8, verse, 9, verse 18. 19, I'm sorry. Because this kind of walks us in to a scene that, that will seem confusing, uh, and, and kind of rightfully so. Swan, we can start wrapping this up. So, so, and I really only mention it today because I believe it's connected to what we've been walking through these past two weeks. It says this, it says then, okay? So that helps us understand where we are in this scene, right? Jesus has just told us two parables. One he explains mercifully. The other he says, hey, listen to that. Let he who has ears to hear, let him hear. It says this in verse 19, then his mother and his brothers came to him, but they could not reach him because of the crowd. And he was told, your mother and your brothers are standing outside desiring to see you. But he answered them, my mother and my brothers are those who hear the word of God and do it. Right? And do it. So in, in short, Jesus is showing us how, how our obedience to the word will change our loyalties. Because the, the, what's confusing about the scene is you're like, 
Man, why doesn't he want to see his mom? Why doesn't he want to see his brothers? And he does. But he's teaching us something even more important. That, that the word creates family. That, that when we line up behind the word of God, it creates community with, with one another. He doesn't say, hey, I don't want to see them. He just helps us understand that, that, that my mother and my brother are those who, who hear the word and then do it. Strangely enough, one of his brothers will write a book in the Bible, a guy named James. One of my, one of my favorite letters because it's, it's so practical. When you say, okay, well, what, what do I do with my life in Jesus? James says, great question. Let me talk to you about it. And I wonder as he wrote this portion of James 1.9 uh, that, that he didn't, that I, I, I wonder if he thought about what Jesus said in this very moment of Luke 8. That my mother and my brothers are those who hear the word of God and do it. I just want to read James 1.9, 1.19 through, uh, let's just go all the way through the book of James. All right, no, uh, through 25. says, know this, my beloved brothers. Pay attention. Let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger, for the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. We can live there for a couple weeks. Therefore, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted Word, which is able to save your souls. The Word. All the Bible reveals Jesus as the Word, which is able to save your souls. And then he says this in verse 22, be doers of the Word and not only hearers, uh, deceiving yourselves. Okay, he's going to paint a picture for what it looks like. Because some of us, this is some of us here today. You've sat very patiently through my ramblings and you've heard. But the danger is that you will walk out of here and you will have deceived yourself. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in the mirror, for he looks to himself and he goes away and he forgets what he is like. But the one, but the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. So where, where are we today? When I say we, I mean you. Where are you today? Are, are you trying to hide the light of the word? Are you trying to hide from the light of the word? Are, are you taking care of how you hear? Are, are you willing to put the word into practice? And, and here's the thing. If you say, okay, uh, is, is, is all he's asking me to do today, is he asking me just to read my Bible? Well, in part I am. And you say, well, I don't, I don't know how to do that. 
Like, I, I know how to read words that form sentences and sentences that form paragraphs, but I don't know how to read my Bible. Come find me. I have some great ways, some great methods. I can give you some great books to start with. Some of us will say, well, when I do read, I get distracted. And, and I'm like, well, maybe, maybe we pray and we, we warm up. Prayer is the, it's the stretching as we start the workout of reading the Word. But the but part I'm talking about reading the Word today, but the other part I'm talking about seeing Jesus as the light as the word that when he speaks and and here's where we're at the more we live in the light the more we benefit from the light and the less we live in the light the more light we lose that's hard to hear but God does not pull the rug out from under us God does not switch the rules of the game he's very honest about it So how we go to Jesus, how we go to the word matters. And may we who have ears to hear, hear that. I love you guys. This week, our desire is to love God by loving people. Make a couple things available to you. If you need prayer today, we want to pray with you. We don't believe that we should be doing life Alone, we believe that we are stronger in community. And one of the best extensions of community we have around here is linking together in prayer. There'll be some people over here on the wall. They would love to pray with you as we as we start to dismiss, as your people are walking out the door. They they can't leave until you leave. All right. Maybe maybe you've never asked Jesus into your heart. We believe He is the way to be made right with the Father. He is the Word, and His light shows us to freedom. I love you guys. Let's pray. Father, thank You for loving us and caring for us and walking with us. Thank you for giving us a promise that that no matter where we are, you are near. And I pray through the, the power of your Holy Spirit and in the name of your Son, Jesus, that you would give us eyes that are fixed on you. That you would draw us to repentance and you would draw us to celebration that we may be, that we are known by the King. We thank you. Thank you that you refuse to let your light be dimmed. We thank you that your light invades the darkness and it's not the other way around. We thank you for freedom. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.